Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast. Where I pick the podcast. And I shut my cake hole. And on today's episode, we will be covering the 20th episode of Season 1 of Supernatural, titled Dead Man's Blood. Jamie, what did you think? Okay, I don't even know where to start with this episode. And I know I start, like, every episode with, like, I don't know where to start with this episode. But, like, also, I don't know where to start with this episode. Yeah. There was so much here. Just so much. Please start wherever you want. And uh, I will tag along for the ride. (laughs) Okay, I think... Let's start with the special effects of this episode. Sure. What did you think of the special effects? I just want to gauge your reaction before I jump right in. As per usual... I don't think they are bad considering the time period. I think that the fangs descending wasn't bad considering the time period. I think that at the very end when he gets shot in the head isn't great. But again, time period. Like, generally speaking, I don't think the effects are bad. They're definitely not what stuck out to me about the episode. What do you think about them, Jamie? Because you seem like you've got some stuff to say. So I will agree on you that the shot at the end wasn't great, but it also wasn't terrible. Like the I thought it was a bit drawn out, if anything. Like, that was really, like, my only thing is, like, I don't know. It seemed like somehow, like, the I can kill anything gun took longer to kill the thing than, like, just beheading it would have, and that seemed weird. Yeah. Though we will return to beheading later because I have a point about that that I really want to make. Oh, okay. But no, so I little drawn out. Nothing, like nothing too bad. It was okay. Um, the teeth, like the fangs descending. Yeah. Terrible. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, it just, it didn't work. Like it's meant to look like like there's a second set like descending over the teeth. Yeah. But they just sort of like cross fade them in. <laughs> like it just. Doesn't make sense with the lore they're trying to push for the vampires. How so? Because they say that when they're ready to feed, like, a second set of fangs descends. Yeah. Right? Which makes it seem like they should have done more of, like, a, you know, in skins where they have the teeth, like, sort oh, of... Oh, like, pop out? Not pop out, but, like, emerge down. I mean... Because I... they're, like, replaced. I don't think they should have done it with, like, the teeth fully popping out, but it just... It looks like they took one shot of the mouth with, like, the normal teeth and then one shot with, like, the prop teeth yeah. and then just cross-faded <laughs> between the two shots. I mean, maybe they did. No, I, uh, in future episodes, they'll sometimes find, like, already dead, like, vampires and things and they can tell because they'll, like, pull the top lip up and, like, push at the top of the gum and it will, like, forcibly push the, like, fangs out. And so, like, I think those, like effects later on are definitely more effective than this particular like way of showing it but I also think that those ones where they like can physically push it must probably be a practical effect yeah. where they've actually like something actually does protrude rather yeah. than trying to show it with like some kind of CGI or like however they did it in this episode and yeah I get it like you look at it and you're like uh they just cross faded like yeah but like, they I just also... slowly appear and it doesn't I'm not mad about the effect I'm mad that the effect doesn't match what they're saying about it because it doesn't appear like the teeth descend from, like, the top gum. They just sort of appear. I honestly was not looking that closely. <laughs> so I'm not going to try and argue with that. Like, I don't know. I just, I didn't I didn't notice it that much. I noticed it enough to be like, that doesn't look real. But also I can, like, let that slide because of 2005. You know. <laughs> I can't. Sorry. Um, no. 
then there's actually more special effects in this episode that you didn't even mention that I was just like, wow. They weren't like, I'm stopping watching now, they're so bad, bad, but they were also just like, the way they sort of like float down from the ceiling when they, like, when they kill... Oh, when they kill Elkins at yeah. the start when yeah, they, they drop the, through the skylight. And, they, and they're just like, float down. <laughs> and they just, I was looking at it, I'm like, they clearly just had some actors on a wire. Actually, what really, like, stuck out for me with that scene in particular was when they, like, launched at him over the table. It was, I was like, oh, wow, it looks like Twilight. Like, the same kind of, you know, effect as yeah. when, like, the Cullens are, like, jumping or whatever. And maybe that is wise. Like, maybe that's why it looks the same. But I was like, oh, damn, that just, like, looks like Edward just, like, <laughs> launched himself across the table, you know? But, no, Stop so it. I just thought it was so funny the way they like that because they just like float on down it's like there's the massive like crash and then like, it's like slow-mo the and then it's like <laughs> slow-mo they're floating down and they're just again like it wasn't bad like i'm not saying it was like the worst thing i've ever seen but it was also just kind of like surely that's not the best way they could have demonstrated the danger of the vampires yeah like i really enjoyed the fact they had them come through the skylights but I just kind of wish there was more force, some more oomph behind. Yeah. Like, if they land and, like, yeah. had to do that, like, superhero thing where they land and they land heavy and they've got to, like, put yeah. their hand down or whatever. I can understand that. I mean, I also understand they're meant to be, like, supernatural grace. But also, like, there is force there. And, like, maybe not, like, the full superhero landing, but, like, just something to show, like, oh, these vampires, Super they're strong. so fucking strong yeah. that they just dropped, like, Two, three, four meters, because I don't know how tall the building is. Mm. It looked like it had fairly high ceilings, which is why I'm saying like it. Could and then be. they probably would have had to jump to crush the glass. glass they weren't of... just standing on it, and then it just no. fell through. Like yeah, <laughs> like I just kind of wish that they d- demonstrated the power of the vampires more on that versus focusing on like the grace of the vampires, because it just kind of made them look like oh wow they're ballerinas. <laughs> Actually, while silent we're... landing, considering they just dropped so far down from the fucking roof. Yeah. While we're on the topic of vampires, because this is a new monster yes. for the show, um, what do you think about the way that they've chosen to go with the law of vampires? Because they actually do get reasonably explicit about the law and, like, you know, what does and doesn't work and, and these things. And I'm just interested to think what you, how you feel about their take on it is. I think they've certainly tried to do something different. Yeah. I don't know if it necessarily works. Because this is a show that really bases itself heavily in previous stories, previous mythology, mm-hmm. urban legends. And to sort of just be like, oh, yeah, like no vampire myths are even really close to what vampires actually are. Yeah. Seems sort of weird to me. Yeah, it, it is a bit of a diversion from their usual sort of tactic, which is like, yeah, this is what the stories are this is what the folklore is and okay there may be two or three things that are different with the folklore and stories but they're still close enough yeah like they, they pretty well match i mean demons and like they're possessing things and yeah. like and even, even in most sort of law surrounding demons they normally have to get some sort of permission so to mm-hmm. reinterpret permission into they need a weakness to exploit to be able to possess somebody makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and even um recently, like in the Striga episode, yeah, um they make a point of like 
Sam's reading the law and it's like, oh, it's invincible. And Dean's like, no, actually, like, it's vulnerable when it feeds. So, like, there are inconsistencies in the law that they know through experience. But, yeah, you're right. Like, their take on vampires is really different, which I like because it's different. But also, yeah, I understand. Like, it seems weird that they would divulge so far from the sort of traditional traditional folklore surrounding or myth rather surrounding the idea of what a vampire is and how it works and yeah i just i thought it was interesting and i wanted to see what you thought but no like and i think it's really interesting that they're like beheading is the only way to kill a vampire I would have thought that they would at least leave fire as another option to kill a vampire Mm. like it just for me it doesn't make sense because fire is one of those things like Every single story I've ever heard about a vampire, you can kill it with fire. Yeah, and they even make the point of, like, sun doesn't even really hurt them that much. But then they fucking... Oh, my God. So they make a point before they go into the nest that sun is, like, kind of just like a... It would feel like a bad sunburn, but it doesn't really, like... Like, it won't kill It's painful, but it's not, like... And it's like, I'm a redhead. I've had bad sunburn. A lot. (laughs) But... I, like, it doesn't, it wouldn't prevent me from, like, I don't know, running if someone was, like, if I thought someone was a threat. And then they literally, they make that point that it's, like, doesn't, not more than a bad sunburn. Yeah. They go in to raid the thing. They fuck it up. And then they're chasing them out. And they're, like, John's, like, don't worry. They won't come for us. Not during the daytime. I'm, like, why the fuck not? Now you don't have a reason for them to not come for you during the daytime. Because the sun does fuck all to them. Like, they'll be... Fine. It would literally take them like maybe ten minutes to polish you guys off, and, like, his... and then they would just go back to sleep. And the <laughs> thing is, they don't even have to change it that much. They literally have to change nothing. They just have to change that one line. Yeah, and it suddenly makes a lot more sense. All John has to say is instead of like, "Oh, even the sun doesn't do it. It's just like a bad sunburn." It, all he has to say is, "Sun. The sun cannot kill them, but it is incredibly painful. It will cause them and pain. Yeah, they will avoid." exposing themselves to the sun at all costs. Yeah, like, I mean, like, holy water with a demon. Like, it doesn't kill them, but, like, it hurts them. Yeah. You know, we've seen this already. Like, I don't understand why it would All he had to do, like, make it just a little, like, the pain just a little bit more severe, and it makes sense why they wouldn't follow them. Yeah, and but also, like, he makes a point of, like, smashing the, like, window to put sunlight on the bed of the vampire yeah. couple. I was like, but that won't do shit. You just said that is not a way to really like inconvenience them or cause them pain because it's like it's basically just like a bad bad sunburn, which is like nothing. Yeah. Like I'm very pale. I get sunburn a lot. Like we we know what sunburn is like in this household. You know, like yeah, yeah. We have experience. We are veterans. Mm-hmm. No, it's better than any U.S. Marine. <laughs> Tag John Winchester. No, it's it's so silly. And it's also, like, it's this weird instance of, like, maybe John isn't actually as good of a hunter as, like, he's been made out to be. Mm. Because he, first of all, thought vampires were extinct. I love that literally they're like, it's vampires. And they're like, vampires don't exist. Again. <laughs> Again. I was like, they don't Again. even believe in vampires. I was like, fuck. I was like, Oh, yes, this thing that has, you know, universal law around the world in every single culture has a different version of the vampire myth, including the Striga, mm-hmm. which is a vampire, not a witch. <laughs> every single culture has some sort of vampire myth, but, you know, vampires couldn't possibly be real. I know, and then their like, whole thing is like, but Dad, you never told us about vampires, and he's like, I thought they were extinct. It's like, John, still 
we'll tell you sons about vampires. Like, <laughs> dinosaurs are exist. My dad still told me about them. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, I, uh, I just thought it was funny. And it's just this idea that also this, this isn't really a spoiler for the finale, but I am going to point, put this out here because I don't want to forget when it comes. I mean, I won't. But is Jenny the um the person who gets kidnapped and then turned into a vampire? Yeah, that's Jenny. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm sitting there, I'm thinking maybe it's like the main one, because they don't say any names at all. Yeah. Like, I had I, to look it up on SuperWiki. I was like, I'm pretty sure this is her episode. I was like, I was like is she? I remember them saying that like a vampire from the first season, season reappears in the final season. And I was like, okay, but who? Because I remember the name Jenny, so I'm listening yeah. like the entire episode. I'm paying like rapt attention, trying to like Figure out who's Jenny. Figure out who is Jenny. Yeah. And, like, when it was revealed to me that this episode was vampires, I'm like, like, I have a feeling if Jenny is a vampire who appears in the first season, like, she's going to be in this episode. Like, we haven't seen vampires so far, so it's unlikely that it was in any of the previous episodes. Mm -hmm. And, like, I'm pretty sure, like, they're focusing on the demon for the next two episodes because it's the season finale. You'd assume they're... They're not going to introduce any new, yeah. They're dealing with, like, the big bad of the season for the season finale versus, like... Monster uh, of the Week. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, there's three episodes left. This one has vampires. I doubt they're going to do another two episodes, like, another episode or two on vampires in this season. Yeah. Considering they haven't revisited any of their, like... Previous. Previous, like, monsters they've discovered. Yeah. So it's sort of like, I just... I was like, I'm pretty sure it's this episode, so I'm, I'm watching it and I'm like, gotta listen for Jenny, got uh-huh. paying attention for Jenny, like the star of the show. Yeah. <laughs> she, she was there at the beginning, she's there at the, the end. The star of the, the season finale, the series finale, really. <laughs> but no, and so I was like, I, I'm pretty sure it's the the girl, but they never say her name. Yeah, I had I did look on SuperWiki and it actually it was quite funny. It was like, Jenny the Vampire, like season one, season 15. Human brackets, formally. <laughs> um, but I, uh, yeah, I checked and it was, it was the girl who was kidnapped. Um, and that's actually not what I was going to bring up that's stupid about the finale in relation to this episode. No, it's a good point. It's just not what I was thinking. There are so many things but I found that it. were stupid. <laughs> found Jenny the Vampire. You did find Jenny the Vampire and now you can wait 14 seasons Do to I get see a her again. <laughs> I'll make you a little trophy. Um... No. Correctly, I did the most important character in the entire show. You did! Fantastic! Um, anyway, so in the finale, they make a point of, like, obviously we meet Jenny again, so there are vampires involved. And I don't think this is a spoiler. Essentially, you know what happened in the finale because you've been on the internet. And I'm, if anyone has not, has no idea about what happens in the series finale, just maybe... Stop listening for a minute. Skip ahead 30 seconds. Yeah. Maybe a minute. Skip ahead a minute. They make a point of, in the finale, they make a point of finding a vampire-like case in John's journal. But in this episode, they point out that John has never, ever mentioned to them about vampires. They don't even think vampires exist. And John... Thought they were extinct. But, but they, they have, have John's journal, journal, which they have read front to fucking cover enough times that Dean hears the word 
Elkins and, and immediately he's like, is like, I know that. And multiple times through the first season, they like mention names or mention a place and they go, hang on a minute, I've seen that in, jo- in John's journal. Like that sounds familiar, which is like, fair enough, yeah, they've read this. They know it back to front. And yet, I was like, it's so stupid. It's It, it really, really highlighted exactly how many fucks they didn't bother to give for the series finale. It was... Look, we all know my opinions on the series finale. I didn't like it. <laughs> but I stuff feel like that like may be that, the understatement of the century. <laughs> yeah. Just, but like things like that, it's just so stupid. It's so. And like they didn't have to use John's journal to find it. They could have just come across a vampire case. But the fact that they managed to retcon their own lore so aggressively is the dumbest fucking thing. It's, I mean, I don't want to be rude, but it is bad writing. Like, you don't know the the text. If you don't know what's happened in the show, you should not be trying to write more of the show. Because if you don't understand the context, you don't know what you're talking about. And especially for the series finale, it should have been... Flawless. Like, that script should have been gone over with the finest of fine-tooth combs so many times for inconsistencies, for, you know, anything like this. And the fact that they are just this dumb pisses me off so much. (laughs) So, I actually had another point about special effects to make. Mm. And that is a neutral comment, but... The way, like, the doors, like, the double doors open when the vampire walks in. Yeah. So dramatic. Is that one of the vampire's powers? No. <laughs> dramatic t- entrances, like... <laughs> I do love the dramatic entrance, though. I thought it was fun. Um, oh, another thing we didn't mention was I find... And I find this in a lot of media when it comes to vampires. They are always heavily sexualized. I don't really understand why. Like, I will admit, though, the, like, lady vampire, I forget her, Kate, her bra was cute. It was very cute. I would wear the fuck out of that. But the scene of them aggressively making out while Jenny awkwardly sat there <laughs> they also, was a bit... <laughs> They literally say, you like to watch. Yeah. I'm like, she doesn't have a choice. She's literally fucking tied, tied there. there. Like, yeah, I'm like, all she can do is close her eyes. But if you're in a situation where you might die at any moment, closing your eyes doesn't seem like the greatest move. Yeah, yeah. It was just... Anyway, and then, like, they turned her by, like, aggressively blood-making out with her, which is... Weird. Grot. You know, I did love when she spat the beer in that dude's face, though. I was like, yes, Jenny! <laughs> Iconic! This is why she came back for the finale, but Kaz didn't. <laughs> she made so much more of an impact on the show. Okay. So I'm circling back around. You know how I said I had a point to make about the beheading thing? Yes. Yes. Why the fuck do they not murder a whole bunch of vampires while they're sleeping? I know. When they're in the hammocks? When they're in the hammocks. Like, they have the machetes, which there is a moment before that when Dean's like, oh, John, do you want a machete? We've got an extra. I'm like, he's a I think he's sad. (laughs) You've hunted with your father. Do you really think he wouldn't have a machete? Yeah. Like... And, like, I think they kind of... Like, as much as John's kind of an incompetent hunter, like, I think he has a machete. Yeah. I, uh, I feel like that particular scene's interesting because it's kind of, 
it reminded me of that, like, oh, you think that's a knife? This is a knife. Like, you know, he, he's got the whole... That's not a knife. Yeah. This is a knife. And he's got the whole setup, and it's very fancy compared yeah. to, like, what Sam and Dean have. And, like, Which they've got the their, like, old machetes, and he's got this, like, brand spanky new, like, razor yeah. sharp, whatever. And I feel like it was just kind of a bit of a... I felt bad for Dean because, like, he's like, hey, like, we've got this. And he's like, I think I'm good, <laughs> you know? So what gets me about that scene, even, like, beyond the whole, like, they have an extra machete and Dean offers it despite the fact John's clearly got his own kit. Yeah. There's a scene in this episode where Sam is talking to John and John's like, I had, like, a college account for you and Dean. Dean. And then Sam's like, well, what happened to what? Like, what happened to the money? And he's like, I spent it on ammo. Yeah. It makes me so fucking mad because clearly he's not struggling. Why the fuck did he have to spend his son's, yeah. like, college accounts? Though, to be fair, he said, from what I got of that conversation, it seemed like he was putting money in it each month until Mary died. Yeah. So, so he said he put $100 in every month since. So since Sam, Sam was born, born, so that's $600. $600. But for Dean... Dean, it was like... It would have been a couple grand. Yeah. Like, like eight Almost, grand. Yeah. yeah. And, oh, God, so many things. And this, then he just pulls out this kit that's, like, all brand new and shiny and shit. And I'm like, did you really need to spend the money that you would set aside for your son's futures on fucking weaponry? Yeah. And, honestly, this episode is so interesting because I, we've talked about it a couple of times about John Winchester's shitty parenting, but you know how you've said you can't quite tell how they're trying to paint John. Are they trying to paint him as a man who's just trying his best or are they trying to paint him as a child abuser? Like there seems to be they, no middle it's ground. It's metronome meme. Yeah, exactly. It's just like it just swings wildly between the two. And this, well, these couple really of episodes, like this one and the next few are really interesting in terms of John because we actually get to see John for a longer period of time interacting with both Sam and Dean. And we get conversations like that. And we get a bit more insight into who he is as a character and his motivations and things. But it's still difficult because even in that scene when he's talking to Sam and he's saying, you know, I wanted a different life for you. I didn't want this for you. It's like, okay, then why did you do it to him? And yeah. why, like, and I understand, you know, he says that when Sam went to school, like, all he could think about is how vulnerable Sam was going to be and, you know, he didn't want him to be alone. And it's like, okay, that's fair. However, kids grow up and go to school. Yeah. That's how it works. And, like, obviously it's not the same to be, like, worried about your kid being bullied on their first day of school as it is to, say, be worried about your kid being murdered on their first day of school. But it's kind of the same, like, theory. Like, at some point you have to acknowledge that your kids are grown up and they can look after themselves and you have to take a step back from being a totally in-control helicopter parent. And it's just – it frustrates me. And he also, like, mentions, like, he he seems self-aware. Like, he seems like he's aware that he did a shitty thing, but that doesn't make it better. And then he actually says that, like, it never occurred to him what Sam wanted. 
And it's like, how? How did it never occur to you? Like, it's pretty clear from, like, the discussions you're having that you knew Sam wanted to go to school. You knew he didn't want to be in the life. You knew all these things. You know, he wanted to play soccer for fuck's sake and you wouldn't let him. You know, and he mentions that all he could think about was Mary and all he could think about was revenge. And it's like, that's all well and good. But you're a father. You're a parent. And I understand, you know, he'd gone through this horrible, horrible trauma. But it's sort of like he could have still chosen to put his kids first, even if that meant putting them, like sending them to live with family or friends or... You know, even, you know, as I know that the foster system is, you know, pretty shocking, but. Yeah, but he says, like, I just wanted to keep you safe. And if he wanted to keep them safe, why is he going around provoking fucking supernatural beings? I know. Yeah, it's like, I know how I'll keep my children safe. By directly putting them into. By leaving them alone in a motel room with a child killing monster on the loose and leaving my, what, 10 year old with a gun. <laughs> like <laughs> problem solved you know wow a plus parenting from mr john winchester oh yeah and like, he yeah he has this whole spiel about how he just wanted them to be like saved and he wanted them to have a better life and all and then he's just like well then he goes immediately into this like passive aggressive guilt trippy thing mm-hmm. in that same conversation yeah basically that was like oh, how dare you leave me and Dean, like, we needed you, like... Yeah. And it's like, make your fucking mind up, dude. Yeah. You can't have it both ways. Yeah, and even at the very start of the episode when John just, like, fucking shows up at the car and when they've got the letter from Elkins, and I think Dean says, like, you drove all this way for this guy? And he's like, yeah. And it's like, but you wouldn't go see your son's. When they called you, you wouldn't go, you wouldn't even answer the phone when Dean was lying in a hospital dying. You wouldn't go, you wouldn't answer the phone when they were going back to the house where their mother died. You you know, it was just infuriating. And this whole, this whole episode, um, we see, you know, Dean says, oh, you know, don't tell me it's happening again. Because Sam and John are immediately, immediately at each other's throats. And you do kind of get the vibe that this must be what it was like before Sam left. And he even says, he says, oh, this is why I left in the first place. Because John expects them to follow him blindly. No questions asked. Dean will do that. And, you know, like we said from, I think a lot of that probably stems from scenarios like what happened in the episode with the Shriga where Sam nearly died and, you know, Dean blamed himself and he implies that John also blamed him for that. And so he strives to be the, to use his words, to be a good son. You know, he, in Asylum, you know, they have that whole back and forth about how that's why Dean always got the extra cookie because he was a good son. I'm finding it really interesting though, because it's sort of revealing, like the more I see of the brothers interacting with John, Mm -hmm. Dean doesn't get the cookie. No, he doesn't. Dean never gets the cookie. He never gets the cookie. Sam argues back. Sam says, no. Sam says, this is fucking ridiculous. And, like, most of the time he's right. Like, when he goes, like, well, why didn't you tell us about them, like, and all that sort of stuff. And he's like, just, like, lay it out for us. Tell us what we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. John's like, oh, you don't need to know. It's like, well, 
They kind of do. Yeah. It's kind of essential. And if his whole point is that he wants them to be safe, but then he's not going to give them crucial information, it's like you can't have both. Either you keep them completely out of it and that's how you keep them safe, or you keep them completely involved and that's how you keep them safe. Any middle ground is immediately more dangerous than either of those two scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just, to me, it's really interesting because, like, yeah, Dean's like, that's why I always got the cookie. And it's like, but you, you don't. Yeah. You talk to your father and you obey his every whim, mm-hmm. you obey his every order, and he still treats you like the dirt under his boot. Yeah. Sam argues with him, Sam fights with him, Sam calls him out on his bullshit. Uh-huh. Sam walked away from the life, and Sam still gets treated with more respect from your father than you do. Yeah, I remember seeing this really interesting matter a, a long time ago, actually, and it's, again, it's one of those instances where I really wish I could remember the name of the OP so I could refer back to it. But Probably credit them. Yeah, but basically it was this huge long analysis that was so fascinating. But one of the points that they made was that John wanted a son that would listen to him and do everything he wanted and blah, 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 blah. But that's not what he respects. What he respects is someone who will stand up for themselves and fight back and like do all these things. So he created exactly what he wanted in Dean as like a son that will follow everything, no questions asked, like a little perfect soldier essentially. But what he respected was Sam, who wouldn't like, who wouldn't be what he wanted. And it's this crazy sort of two sides of a coin where his parenting styles had two completely contrasting effects. And one was not what he wanted, but what he respected. And one was what he wanted, but not what he respected. And so neither of of them can win. It's sort of like, I know, he respects a person with a spine, but then he surgically went in and removed Dean's spine. And then he was like, oh, I wonder why this man can't stand on his own two feet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's obviously a bit of a gross metaphor, but it's like, yeah. You know, that backbone, that urge to stand upright and argue. Yeah. He f- was physically unable to get rid of it in Sam, which means that he he respects Sam, but also, like, he did it to Dean and he managed to get rid of all that argument, all of the shit that meant that yeah. Dean was not going to just stand yeah. up to him. And then he was like, oh, I wonder why this man, like, never stands up to me. It's like, well... You trained him that way. Exactly. You yeah. removed that part of him because you... He's traumatized. Traumatized him repeatedly. Yeah. And also, I think an important thing to remember is Dean is the older sibling here. So he remembers before. Like, and we've touched on this a couple of times over the course of the season, but, like, Dean remembers Mary. Dean remembers what John was like before she died. So he has two completely... And, I mean, obviously you know, as time goes on, memories fade and it becomes harder. But he does have an idea of what his dad was like before it all went down. Whereas Sam, Sam was only six months old. Sam doesn't remember shit, you know. Um, But, yeah, it is so interesting. And it is nice to see, I think, Sam and Dean spending time together without John, I think is a good influence because Dean, we do see sort of, actually start to talk back even at the start of this episode i did um like notice that like sam was like yes sir and dean was like 
we were right though. Yeah. Like we, we Yeah, we were like, right. We had a point. Like we were not just like Yeah. And um actually another thing that and this breaks my heart. When um when John goes to uh, Sam and Dean are by the Impala and John goes to speak to the local authorities after they hear about the, the vampire attack. And Which um, the way the vampire attacks genius. Yeah. Laying down in the middle of the road looking like you're injured. Good tactic. Like credit Perfect. where credit's due. Yeah. Doesn't involve getting like hit by a car or anything. So it's uh-huh. like a great way to stop a car. You don't get injured. Like people are going to come out of the car to check to see if you're okay. Which yeah. means that they're going to be in a vulnerable position because they're like they're not sure what to do. Absolutely genius level move on behalf of the vampires. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a very good tactic, actually. Like, as far as, you know, ways to get people in a vulnerable position and, like, catch them off guard go, way more effective than, say, like, picking them up in a bar. Like, in my opinion. I think that that is a great call. Yeah. Um, anyway, moving back. Sorry. Wait, no, that's okay. I, that was a point I wanted to bring up anyway. Um, so... John has gone to speak to local authorities and Sam and Dean are by the car and Sam says makes the effect of like, I don't see why we couldn't have gone over with him. And Dean's kind of like, just, you know, just play nice. Would you please, you know, um, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah. And John comes back over. And and John's not exactly wrong in this scenario. Dean and Sam are shit at talking to people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, John comes back over and he basically says, yeah, it's vampires. And Sam goes, how do you know? And he's like, I just, like, I know. Just take me at my word. And Sam's like, no. Which, fucking fair enough. Like, here's the thing. They've just found out this thing that he hadn't told them about, in his words, because he thought they were extinct. Yeah. So he didn't bother teaching them about them because he didn't think they were ever going to be an issue. They've now found out it's not extinct why the fuck is he not teaching them about vampires? Yes. Because they may face them again in the future yeah. when John is not with them. Or, like, in the next, say, 24 hours. They kind of need to know. And this is what I was saying before. is either you either don't tell them anything or you tell them everything, but any middle ground is dangerous. And anyway, so they're having this back and forth and John's sort of like, I don't have to tell you shit. And Sam's like, actually, yes, you do. And they have this whole bit. And at the end of the little argument, they go to leave and John's, like, made his point. It's like, you know, any other, like, questions sort of thing? And he goes off to the car. And as he's leaving, even though Dean has done exactly to the T what John wanted, which is not question the fact that John knows it's a vampire, not ask any questions about what, like, the next step. Yes, I'll just follow you blindly. Yes, sir. You know, even though Sam was the one who just pissed him off, as John walks away... He has a dig about the state of the car. And he goes, I wouldn't have given you this thing if I thought you were going to ruin it. It cuts to Sam, who's kind of like laughing it off. And then it cuts to Dean. And he kind of does like a half sort of smirk thing. But then it literally is one of those moments where you can pinpoint and be like, ah, yes, I can see the exact moment his heart ripped in two. Because even when he's doing every fucking thing right to the T, John will still... Find a way to rip him a new one. For no reason. For no reason. And it's like right where he's sensitive. Right in the like, this is something that I know you're proud of. I'm going to make you feel guilty about not doing it well enough kind of thing. And it's so unnecessary. And like, poor fucking Dean. Like, and like Sam kind of laughs because I don't think Sam... Sam? understands how deep that cuts. He yeah. doesn't understand that it's not a single off-handed comment about the car 
not being up to shape. It is the constant, you are not good enough. You will never be good enough. Mm. Yeah. It's impossible. Like, he's trying to win an impossible game of to be the best son, but John, like, he will never meet his standards. And also, yeah, when John is upset with Sam, they have an argument. Mm-hmm. They yell, they scream, they fight about it, and then they eventually get over it and sort of not yeah. really make up, but they, like, they find a tenuous sort of peace. Yeah. For Dean and John, it's like, if John doesn't agree with something Dean is doing, he tells him to shut the fuck up, essentially. Yeah. And then he makes little digs mm-hmm. at Dean's competence. Yeah, really, like, undermining his, like, the tiny bit of self-esteem that this poor man has. And John just, like, wiggles, like, a little knife right in the chink in the armour and just, like, twists, you know? Yeah. And, oh, it's actually one of the it's other things. It's a lot more manipulative is yeah. probably a good word. The way he treats Dean is, like, manipulation, pure and simple. Yeah, emotional. Sam, just, yeah. just an argument. Like, it's just, like... Yeah, his anger comes out with Sam. The emotional manipulation comes out with Dean. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting because even in Sam and Dean's characters we've talked about before, Dean is a very emotional character. Yeah. He just puts on this machismo kind of outer, whereas Sam is a character who's, like, always angry. Yeah. Like, he's always just bubbling under the surface, and that really comes out in this episode as well. Um, and actually one scene which I think is really interesting and important and always kind of hits me is when John and Sam are kind of yelling at each other, and you mentioned this earlier, and John says, you know you left us and, like, we needed you. And Sam's like, well, you told me not to come back. And they're really kind of rehashing that argument that we didn't see on screen. And Dean has to literally physically put himself between them. And, like, the way it's framed, he's, like, standing between them and he looks really small in comparison to the two who are, like, more front and centre. And, like, he has to physically separate them and he's like, you know, stop it. Like, both of you just stop it. And, like, the way that he keeps having to say to Sam, like, please don't do this like don't have an argument just don't pick a fight like you let us return to a point we made a couple of episodes ago though that john is 20 to 30 years older than these two yeah sam is essentially still a kid he's only what 22 23 here like yeah seriously you're really gonna put the emotional on the 22 year old versus like the 50 odd year old you You, know like you know that like eldest daughter effect like, Dean's the eldest daughter. Like, and we've mentioned, the, or rather, I've brought up before how often it becomes a matter of, like, Sam is definitely John's son. And we even see this here. They even talk about how they're more similar than they are different and how they're kind of united by their simultaneous revenge for Mary and Jess and the similarities and symbolism there. Whereas Dean is, like, not even present for that conversation. He doesn't even know that conversation happened. And yet he is the one who is stuck trying to separate them all the time and trying to be the peacekeeper. And it does make you wonder, like, how long he's been doing that. And I have more information about his younger years, so I'm not going to... I, I I could say more, but I won't, um, just because of spoilers. But this is something that comes back up. And, yeah, it's just, like, this fucking poor kid he really was made to be like a mother and also like 
emotionally like a substitute wife as well like he was expected to look after sam and be a parent to sam by john and sam had to learn to expect dean to be his parent as well and it's just this shitty shitty situation and fucking all dean wants is for his family to be together and it's like it's just never gonna work and you can see it so clearly they're just at each other's throats all the fucking time and actually one last point before i let us move on is that at the end of the episode or closer to the end of the episode dean does kind of step up to john and he kind of like says to him like uh, i actually wrote down the quote uh all due respect that's a load of crap you can't be that worried about keeping us safe because he's been sending them on hunts and like dean says you know what we've been hunting that cannot be your reason for like this decision you're not trying to keep us safe that's bullshit like you know, and I'm just like, yes, Dean, like you fucking tell him, like, you know, step up to him. He needs you to step up to him because you have every right to step up to him. And then John's like, you know, I can't lose you too. Like I've lost Mary. I've lost my wife. I can't lose my children. And I'm sitting there thinking like, your children lost their mother. They effectively lost their father. They can't also actually physically lose their father. Like, are you saying that it's okay for them to be orphaned? but it's not okay for you to be a single man with no children. Like, how is that any better? Yeah. I'm like, it's a, it's inherently selfish, you know, being like, I don't care. You know, you guys can be orphaned and I'm fine with that. Like I already gave up on being a proper parent to you years ago, clearly. But no, it's a hard dynamic to discuss because it's so complex. So I'm going to say complex. I was just going to say inconsistent. It's probably, mm the word to use yeah within episode i find they typically like it's better it's less inconsistent in a like on an episode by episode basis yeah but it's just like if you look at it as a whole season if you stand back and look at it it's like confusing yeah but i'm assuming some of that also it starts to make more sense some of the inconsistencies because it does become more complex down the line yeah and it's sort of it gives extra context which is like oh that's why that was like Yeah, yeah. And this entire dynamic becomes, like, so much more meaningful and interesting once you get into, like, the end of the Kripke era. So seasons, like, four and five in particular, this dynamic between the three of them will become important. But also, John Winchester is just a bad hunter. Like, he's not that good, is he? (laughs) I'm sorry. I understand they're trying to play up, like, how, you know, he's so confident... He's, you know, he's faced all these things. He survived, you know, he's bloody rough and tumble and fucking. But no, so they've really tried to build John up as like the A plus gold standard of hunting. Yeah. It's like, he's not. Yeah. Like not even slightly. Like he's not. I think John made a name for himself because he chased bigger fish, you know. That doesn't necessarily mean he's a better hunter. Just means he had bigger aspirations. <laughs> like the fact that they didn't kill vampire. Well, I'm sorry, I'm still stuck on the fact they didn't kill the vampires when the vampires were sleeping. Yeah, I know. Like, I'm sorry, what? I did like their hammocks though. Made me want a hammock. But no, it just it's very confusing to me that they're building John up as like, oh wow, like the A plus gold standard of like hunting. Like he was, but was he though? Yeah, and it comes back like to he like, thought vampires were fucking extinct. extinct. Yeah. Like, he's purposefully withholding information from people who are members of his team. Like, that's how I'm going to, like, 
They're yeah. not a family, like, but just for this purpose, they are members of his team. If yeah. you are hunting with another person, the people you're hunting with, they are your team. They could be the difference between life and death for you. Yeah. Or for them. Or for them. Why the fuck would you not give them every piece of information you have on what you're hunting so that it is not a risk to them or yourself? Yeah. Like, why are you withholding? Yeah. Well, even at the end, like, Sam and Dean, like, end up having to save John. He would have died. Like, he would have died. And the, the show vampires, would have been better for it. The vampires would have got the cult, which... I'm sure would have been better for it. But you cannot tell me that Supernatural would not be better without John Winchester. I mean, Supernatural wouldn't exist without John Winchester. Does that make it better? Yes. Oh, well, then I guess you're right. <laughs> um, he is an interesting character, though. Like, as much but as like, I don't... he seems to cause more problems than, than he, he solves. solves. Yeah. Um, which is a funny choice. What I wanted to ask you, which is tied into this nicely... Uh, the cult. This is the first introduction we get to the cult, which is the fancy gun. Um, what are your thoughts on the fancy gun with the magic bullets? They can kill anything. I'm going to say, I've said it once and I'll say it again. Awfully convenient. Yeah. <laughs> it is a touch. But also, logistically. Okay. Yeah. You're like, nothing good happens when Jamie says logistically. <laughs> I'm preparing myself to be assaulted. Yeah. <laughs> How can you make a, a special gun? Like, this is, I understand, like, specific bullets being more powerful than others. Yeah. Because, you know, what they're made of or whatever. Composition. What is so significantly different about this gun mm-hmm. that it is the only way to fire those bullets? I think that it's something to do with, like, maybe it is also the composition of the gun. Maybe it was, like, imbued with some kind of, like, spell or, like, other magic. Like, you can see there's a lot of carvings on it, so maybe, like, it's somehow, like, intricately interlaced. What confuses me is that there's only one, and it's, like, if it was one of those things, you could make replicas. Like, you could have multiple, and I don't know why you wouldn't make multiple if, like, they mentioned that there was a hunting community even back then. And actually, interesting... Uh, this episode is sort of the first instance that we get of, like, actual hunters outside of the Winchester complex because they mentioned, like, oh, you know, Dad's old contacts. But yeah. I think that... But also, like, the old contacts that we meet are, like, Missouri. She's not currently but a But she hunter. wasn't currently, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, it's not... Yeah, yeah. Um, and and they, they also don't say that she's a hunter. In no. The, in I, the one episode that I've seen with her in... Which is a tragedy. We should have seen her way more. Yes, we really um, should have. They Isn't don't mention that she's a hunter. They just portray her as like a psychic, psychic who has like actual knowledge of the supernatural. Yeah, it's not when she was younger. She was involved in hunting, but she like retired relatively quickly yeah. to just do psychic stuff. Um, which is fucking fair. Like I would have. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's really the only one. And like you say, it's not like inherently obvious or implied at all in like that first episode that we have her in. And, you know, they mention John's contacts like Pastor Jim and, like, Caleb and, you know, these people. But But they don't – they – the way they reference them seems more like these are, like – They just kind of know him. Knowledge contacts he has. Yeah. They are people who know about the supernatural. Yeah. They they don't sort of reference them in terms of, like, oh, these are hunters. Yeah. Like, it's – it's a bit like the difference in, like, you know how Buffy has, like, 
Giles and Giles yeah. <laughs> versus Buffy. It's like yeah. Giles knows a lot about the supernatural and he's involved in it. But Buffy's but also, out there kicking ass. Yeah, he's yeah. not going out to kill things. Like he just Yeah, or even maybe an even better example would be like in using Buffy as an example, Buffy and then Willow versus like Faith. Yeah. And so it's like Faith is also out slaying, but Willow is also like equally important in like the kind of like why well, actually she ends up being like witchy, which yeah. sorry if no one's seen Buffy, but like spoilers. For <laughs> spoilers. Buffy. It, um, and before Willow's a lesbian witch and we love her. Yeah. Um, you know, so We stand everything but like the burying a gay strip that they implemented. Oh in later my seasons. fucking god. When Tara died <sighs> I really didn't like Kennedy. Didn't like her. Anyway, sorry, different topic. Moving um, on. <laughs> um yeah, no, I like I, I agree. It's um They say like he's got all these contacts, but they never say imply who they are. Actual hunters, they just imply that they're contacts and it's like is it like a history professor that knows a lot about folklore? Yeah. Like So this is like it's interesting because it's the first instance where we actually get to see someone who we know is an active hunter. And also like looking at the journals, it made me realise the hunter's journals are actually like really intricate props. Like because they're all like handwritten and there's like bits stuck in everywhere and there's photos and there's like bits of like old books and, and whatever else and there's drawings and it made me think I was like, they're actually very lovely props and I feel like they all would have either been the most fun thing to make or the worst, most tedious thing to make. And I don't think there'd be like a middle ground there. I feel like you'd either love to do it or hate to do it. It's like scrapbooking. Yeah. It's like macho man, masculine scrapbooking. Okay. Are you ready to move on from that? Yes. I want to talk about something the vampires say. And this is something that they've had happen in a couple of different episodes. Yeah. And... It only really happens where, like, the um, the monster is sentient, like, can have a conversation. Oh, I think I know what you're going to bring And up. the monster goes, why can't you just leave us alone? Yeah. It's like, well, maybe because you're murdering people. Yeah. Well, actually, the vampire, I think the exact thing that they say is, like, why can't you just leave us alone? We have as much right to live as you do or as anyone else does. Yeah. And I was watching it and I was going, like, I know that they're murdering people, but... They do kind of have a point because, like, we kill animals to eat all the time. Like, yeah. what's the, like how how are yeah, we to also, say you we know we don't leave animals alive to torture them for weeks? That's true. That's true. I feel like though there is like there would. I mean, be there is an argument to make that factory farming is basically that anyway. But yeah, you know, or like live transport. But I feel like. There would be ways that you could introduce most, if not, like, all supernatural beings into general, like, sentient, like, ones who you could interact with. Like, I guess what I'm saying is, like, a Wendigo you probably couldn't involve in, like, your day-to-day life. But a vampire, like, there are things that we could do as a society. They'd make great night shift workers, you know? And, like, you would be able to figure out ways of, like, keeping them, like fed and nourished and stuff that wouldn't involve people having to die so to like have them be a functional part of society rather than having to like live on the outskirts and like you know commit all these crimes but it's just not really like possible in this universe because of the way that it's like framed and also like not everyone knows about them and like all these things but i honestly like when they say stuff like that i'm like you make a good fucking point like to be honest and they were people like they weren't necessarily given the choice like jenny wasn't to become a vampire 
why does she now suddenly deserve to die when she was put in the situation? Jenny apologism? Jenny. In my <laughs> podcast? It's more likely than you think. You know what I mean, though? Like, she didn't ask for that. She actively did not want that. But they put her in this position and now she deserves to die? You know, Vampires are valid. Va- <laughs> um, That's, I don't know. I just, I don't think it's as black and white as it's often made out to be. And I think when they make points like that, they, like, it's a valid point. And I it's mean, something that keeps cropping up as well. To be fair, the other instance I'm thinking about is uh, in Skin. Oh, yeah. Because okay. the doppelganger says, like, the exact same thing. It's like, yeah, but you don't need to murder and kill people. Like, that's... Yeah. I guess that's the other thing. Like, the shifter doesn't have to kill people to survive. Yeah. Whereas the vampires, I guess they don't have to kill people, but, like, the alternative is that they keep them alive and just keep drinking from them. So it's like the only other thing they could do is like steal donor blood. I don't know. The law they use for vampires in this episode, weird. I don't, I don't think, like the more I'm thinking of it, like the more I don't think I like it. I like, like it, but I understand where you're coming from. It doesn't make any sense. Like from the like lack of light sensitivity to, you know, beheading being the only way to murder a vampire. Yeah. To like, I think it would have been better to forgo the whole dead man's blood thing mm. and um, just bring back stakes and have stakes not be deadly to vampires but essentially what dead man's blood does them and, like, poison mm. them. Yeah, I guess so. I I quite like the idea of the dead man's blood personally. I think it's quite an interesting idea. And actually one thing that I did want to mention was another John thing, but it's not, like, a in-depth John thing. Dean comes back from, like, the morgue or wherever he's been, and he's got the dead man's blood in the little jar. And John just goes, you know what to do. And I was like, bro, they didn't even know vampires existed 24 hours ago. You thought they were extinct. Do any of you know what to fucking do? Like, you just, like, assume that they're going to inherently know what to do with this jar of blood? Like, what if they drank it? I don't fucking know. They're sometimes not the brightest. Dean ate dirt not that many episodes ago. (laughs) Like, don't just give them things that is, you know ingestible (laughs) i think it would have made more sense if like they had used law that was more common of vampires but like they didn't they completely changed vampire law so that it's no longer just fangs it's like a full set of teeth which neither here nor there that's similar enough to the original sort of like traditional myths of vampirism that i'm not mad that they changed that detail but they changed you know burning in sunlight down to it's just like a bad sunburn which like which is fine, except that then they try to use it. doesn't stop you from doing jack shit or, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. Which, like, at least they didn't make him sparkle. That's something I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, so it's like, I wouldn't mind that change, but then that becomes, like, A not accurate hole. to the plot later on. So it's like, well, why did you make that change? Like, that seems unnecessary. Yeah. I understand they're trying to, like, put a fresh twist on the myth. And also try and make them more dangerous. But it's also, like, if they're still going to let the sun stop them, even though it's not that bad for them, then, like, are you really making them more dangerous? Doesn't make a lot of sense. And then, like, there's the whole, like, obviously they're meant to have, like, superhuman strength and speed and that, but it's, like, John doesn't even mention that to Sam and Dean. And, like, Sam and Dean haven't seen the, like, vampires before, so they don't know. So stupid. John is, like... Man, I don't know. I just feel like the whole family dynamic would have been a lot more stable if they just, like, went to therapy. (laughs) Can you imagine being the Winchester's therapist? I think you're overestimating the power of therapy. (laughs) Look, 
their relationship would have been so much better, everything remaining the same, but if John actually taught them how to hunt safely Mm. versus doing this, like, weird, like, half teaching them how to hunt, just, like, a lot of cryptic clues and, like, he doesn't even have to, like, emotionally communicate with his sons. He literally just has to tell them the relevant information yeah. of what they are hunting. That's all he has to do. Like, one change, like, actually teach them. Yeah, like, and he won't even do that. And he doesn't even do that. Like, he's not even doing, like... The bare minimum. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just gobsmacking to me. Yeah, and it's so shitty because, like, I mean, coming back to this again, but then you've got, like, Sam who's, like, so fucked off about that because he's like, well, you know, you need to tell me... But then you've got Dean, who's just so desperate to be loved and so desperate to, like, for his dad to approve of him and to, you know, be proud of him, that he's just willing to go along with whatever John says to achieve that. And it just, it just, oh, it fucking sucks. The exposition has returned. Oh, yeah. About the gun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why do we need, like, six different characters giving us exposition about the gun? Yeah, and the also, montage. I understand they wanted to introduce this gun now, mm-hmm. but... I think it is ridiculous that this man who has been a vampire hunter for what is presumably decades. Yeah, his career, essentially. For his entire career. He specialised in vampires. That's what John says. Yeah. Why would he go for the gun and not, like, a machete to decapitate them? He knows that you can decapitate vampires to kill them. There's only three vampires, mind you. Why does he bother with the... This overpowered gun. Like, let's admit it now. The gun is overpowered. Overpowered. Yeah. Like, why doesn't he go to decapitate them? Decapitates, like, maybe one or two. Gets unlucky, gets killed by, like, Kate, the main vampire, when she busts through the door because he's in the middle of decapitating another one. Yeah. He gets killed by her. Same Um, ending. Same ending. And then, like, when Sam and Dean go through the crime scene, they find the gun. Yeah. And they don't know what it is. And, and John's like, holy shit, this is, like, like I didn't realise he'd found it. Like, this must be... Yeah. They could have even... Um, and then they still have to go and hunt down and find the vampires, which, like, they've kind of overpowered the vampires, to be honest. And then they can cut the whole shit about, like, oh, they're not going to come after us because they don't have to go into the lair during the day. Why don't they go into the lair during the day? They try to kill the vampires... It goes wrong like it does. Yeah. They only decapitate maybe one or two before, like, they accidentally wake up one and then they're chased out. You know, like... Yeah. Why Why did they do the whole, like, they have the exposition of, like, this experienced hunter going for the gun despite the fact he knows it's not loaded and it's going to take a while to load. There's only five bullets yet left, mind you. Mm. He's using... The last five bullets, he's planning to use the last five bullets of this overpowered weapon. Three of can, them on vampires. Three of them yeah. on vampires that can be decapitated to kill them. Yeah. It, it does seem a little silly. The only thing I can think of is maybe he didn't have a machete on hand and... He is a vampire! I know, hunter. I know. I was just he saying. specializes in vampires. Although... I reject that explanation. To be fair, John did base his perception that vampires were extinct on people hunters like Elkins who'd been hunting them forever. So maybe he got the intel that vampires were extinct from Elkins, which would explain why he wouldn't have a machete. So maybe Elkins is just also a bad hunter. <laughs> like I, I Why agree would you, you keep I the agree gun, with you. but not keep the machete if you think like, ah yes, I've hunted all the vampires down, like I'm retired now because you I'm assuming a vampire is not the only thing that a machete would come in handy for. 
Like, no, you could be doing gardening one day. Why are you getting rid of your machete? <laughs> yeah, no. I think the other thing is, like, maybe he's thinking if there's, like, multiple vampires. Because remember when he sees them at the bar, there's, like, like there's only three, I think, that go into the house, Kate and the other two. But in the bar, there's, like, seven or eight of them. Like, I can imagine that his thought process was, if I have a gun, it's long distance. But also... He is in a closed environment because he's in, like, the little room. He's in the house. He's in a single room. Guns only have a certain range of efficacy before they become kind of pointless because, like, they do exactly what they did, which is, like, grab the gun out of his hands. Yeah. Because you're too close for it to actually be adequate defense. Yeah. B, he's only got five bullets. If he thinks there are eight vampires coming for him, he's better off with a machete in his hands than a gun that can only be used five times and... Yeah, it's, look, it's a big, it's a big hoo-ha. Like, it's one of those things that it's like, well, plot convenience. <laughs> it was so unnecessary. Yeah. So unnecessary. Like, it just, I'm sorry, why would you waste the overpower bu- bullets yeah. on vampires? Like, yeah, it seems, it seems silly. But it was like, surely has some, like, dead man's blood or something around. Like, why would you not keep that shit on hand if you're a vampire hunter? Just have it in like a little spray bottle, just like or like a uh, a, a water gun. <laughs> you're just Why? Like, <laughs> oh, I love that. Like a super soaker, just full of blood. Yeah, but I did have a scene that I want to talk about just because I found it so funny. Okay, when they find like that he's carved like the post office into oh, the floor. Yeah, right. And then they go to the post office. Yeah, right. The fact that scene is silent, except for that really intense music in the yeah, background. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was sitting there, like, cacking myself. I don't know what it is about that choice to have it be, like, dead silent. You can't hear the brothers discussing anything. But just having, like... Intense music. <laughs> behind what is ultimately, like, one of the least intense scenes in the entire episode. I kind of like it because I feel like it's suspense building. You know, because the whole thing is like, oh, what's going to be in the mysterious P.O. box? And then they get there and they're like, oh, a letter. Like, and they're like, Ooh. Like, oh, wow. A letter to John in a mysterious post box. Yeah, that's interesting, Jamie. But they have established that Elkins and John know each other. Or yeah. Like, yeah. Why is it mysterious? But what if you were dying? Okay. Let's let's take this back to oh let's really dive in. Let's go back to Sherlock. Are you ready? The first oh, no. episode of Sherlock, the BBC version with Benedict Cucumber Patch and <laughs> Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> it's like the first episode, the lady with the pink suitcase, right? And she's scratched into the floor the like letters, right? And it's gonna it ends up being like her like unborn daughter's name or whatever. It's like the passcode to the phone, I think. Raka. Yes, uh, it's, they Rachel. think it was. They thought it was like Roche, which was like German for anger or something. Yeah. Anyway, in your dying moments, what do you do? You scratch into into the floor. If you like, like yes, of course you're gonna put. Here is like the link to the thing that you will need to find out about the gun. It's very important. Like, <laughs> like that was clearly his most important possession. Like, I think that it. it it is suspenseful. Like, it is interesting because, like, he spent his dying moments after being mauled by vampires scratching into the floor the, like, fucking digits that they needed to get the... And then it's like, oh, what could it possibly... I think that's interesting and I think it's suspenseful. So... <laughs> but also, they're literally getting a letter out of a post office box. Yeah, the written word the thing is, is very, very powerful, Jamie. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think the thing that gets me is it doesn't get suspenseful when they realise the letter is for John. It gets suspenseful while they're, like, pulling the letter out of the letterbox. Okay. So like, it's suspenseful <laughs> for the entire time. And the first half of that scene is not really all that suspenseful. Okay, you know what I mean? That's fair. That's fair. Because they could be pulling out, like, an Aldi catalogue for yeah. all we know. Yep, that's fair. Okay, I'll, I'll admit that. It would be better if they showed that it was for John on the, like, letter. Yeah. Yes, okay. I'll grant you that. And, I'll grant you it, that. It wasn't just, like, a suspenseful music cue when it was revealed that it was for John. Like, no, the entire scene also, is dead silent other than, like, the intense yeah. music. And, and then they and get like, back in the car as well. And jo- and Sam's like, Jay Winchester? J.W.? John no, Winchester? No, it doesn't say Jay Winchester. Oh, it says J.W. J-W. Yeah. And like, it's like, oh, fuck, what do you fucking think, Sam? What a Sam? fucking co-winky, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so you ready for this week's PSA? I'm so ready. So what do you think my PSA is going to be this week, Bethany? Um, communication, communication, communication. I mean, you're not wrong, but also like, that wasn't <laughs> going to be my PSA. Oh, I'm sorry. What's your PSA? Don't steal other people's mail. <laughs> it is illegal. <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I feel like maybe it's the least illegal thing we've seen them do thus far, but I mean, Still valid. Don't take people's mail. That's bad. Anyway, um, I think that just about sums it up for this week's episode. Um, so, Jamie, what would you rate Dead Man's Blood? I think I'm going to give it a three. Really? There are just too many little things in here that annoy me to no end. Okay. I don't too much mind, like, the whole plot line elements of it. Mm-hmm. But it's just, like, there's just so many little inconsistencies in the way they are developing and then applying the law that I'm a bit like mm. and there are a lot of things in here that I'm just like unnecessary yeah on so many levels I am surprised I thought this episode would have rated higher for you it's just because I think I think the reason I get surprised about how you rate episodes is because I know how I like episodes and I love this episode but again for me like I'm so focused on the character analysis mm. and how I feel about and I that can dynamic. see why you would really like this episode from a character analysis perspective. Yeah. But that's not how I come at episodes. You know this. Yeah. And we've discussed this at length. I come at them, yes, from a character perspective, but also from like a just general enjoyment perspective. Yeah. And my issue is just like a lot of the things, like the fact that we could talk for an hour and a half and 90% of that was me being like, and another thing that didn't make fucking <laughs> sense you know, it just, for me, there are too many little things that just didn't make sense. Like, the fact that vampires weren't burnt by the sunlight, but they still don't go after them, despite the fact it's just, like, a bad sunburn. It's like, yeah. wear some sunscreen, fucking slip, slop, slap, bitch. <laughs> that should have been your PSA. <laughs> um, like, the fact that he went for, you know, the rare overpowered gun instead of a, a machete. machete. Yeah. And it's like... And also, he's not aware, like, as far as he knows, it's only one vampire. Like, okay, yes, he saw more at the bar, but only one vampire comes through his door. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the other two come from the ceiling, he doesn't know they're there. Like, oh, also, I just realised another thing. They didn't mention this when they were talking about the vampire law, but obviously it's the case. They can clearly enter the threshold without being invited, which is something that's, like, across just about everything that I can think of. Except Twilight. 
Yeah, except in Twilight. I think that's the only instance of vampire lore that I can think of, and even I didn't think of it, you thought of it, that doesn't include that particular, like the vampire diaries even have that as a very... A-T-B-T. Always thinking about Twilight. <laughs> anyway. So, so no, so that is a very common... Three. And they don't even address it in this episode. Yeah. And like the transforming into bats thing, they don't even address. They don't address, you know, literally anything that's commonly associated with vampires. like Except for the blood drinking bit. Except for the blood drinking bit. And it's like, yeah. well, you might as well have just created a new fucking monster at this point. The next episode is called Salvation. What are your thoughts going into Salvation? I think it's probably going to have some sort of like religious aspect because Salvation is, for me, when I think Salvation, I think, you know, the church, Jesus died for your sins, Salvation, that sort of. Yeah, that's that sort of jazz. That's the connotation that I personally think of. I am expecting they're going to. They've been really gearing up to the big bad, mm. so they're going to at least... It's going to have something to do with the way Mary and Jess died. Yeah. Like, it's the season finale. It's a two-parter, isn't it? Yeah, so I this will be the first... Like, this yeah. will be the first half of what is a two-part season finale, which, yeah. to be quite honest, kind of ends up being a three-part season finale and start of season two. I'm assuming that it's not going to be just another Monster of the Week episode. So that about does it for this week's episode. Um, If you wanted to get in touch with us or keep up with what we're doing in the podcast, you can always go interact with Jamie on Twitter at DriverPixPod. I personally suggest that you go and share your favourite headcanons with her about vampire mythologies and maybe why supernatural mythology is good or, you know, why it sucks um, and interact with her about that because I'm sure she will have a ball. Meanwhile, I think... You should go over to Tumblr and interact with Bethany at Driver Picks the Podcast. And I think she's just been way too happy this morning. So you've got to send her moments that are just heartbreaking because you can see, like, the heartbreak on Dean's face as John has yet again let him down. Not even John, like, any character. Anytime you see, you visibly see in his eyes. Dean's heartbreaking. Dean's heartbreaking. Send them her way. Do you know what's horrible is, like, so many scenes immediately come to mind and that's so sad. Oh, alrighty. Thanks so much for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed and hopefully we will have you back next week.